Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. My co-host is Corey Wooten. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube. Comment and question below. And thank you for listening to us on SiriusXM or on TuneIn right now. we got an excellent pod coming up in about 25 seconds. But we got to talk about our favorite sponsor. It's BetOnline because football is back. And BetOnline is back. And it remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, players, news, and game trends only on that site. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live in-game betting free contests live scores giveaways all season long head to betonline.ag and receive you know Corey, i'm so sick of saying 50 percent welcome bonus believe is now giving a 100 percent welcome bonus Ooh. with your first deposit that's right make sure I like you use it. promo I like code it. believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards and when we say rewards we mean 100 on your first deposit bet online where the game starts Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. We are about to break down the Bears week five matchup coming up again up against the division rival Minnesota Vikings. But first, let's bring in my co-host. He's former Bears defensive end, former Bear, former Minnesota Viking, but also more importantly, former Northwestern Wildcat and CHGO's very own Fox 32's very own Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Nothing much, my man. Uh, another week of football. Hey, it was a tough one this past week. Tough, tough pill to swallow uh, in that Giants game. But hey. You know, you got to flush it like like you did at number two uh, earlier this morning when you had some coffee. Well, you don't drink yeah. coffee, but uh, you got you to flush it and move on to the next one. <laughs> I still I still stay regular, though, Corey. If I didn't, I would have some serious medical issues. Uh, you know, Corey, man, you're already nursing me back to health in this one. You're correct, because last week was a really tough loss, losing 20 to 12 to the New York Giants. Corey, we're three and one on our picks. We both had the Bears winning last week. They did not win last week. We mm-hmm. thought it would be ugly. They came up short. Uh, you know, real quick, before we get into Minnesota Vikings uh, versus the Bears, I want kind of your reaction to what happened last week. Um, you know, I'm just going to kind of throw it out there to you because some thoughts are thro- running through my mind right now, and then I want to hear your breakdown. The first one is I texted this to you. This Bears defense right now is as playing as poorly as I've seen since the Mark Trestman era, mm-hmm. and I'm calling in to say it right now that if the Bears defense – we'll talk about the offense. If the mm-hmm. Bears defense continues to play this way – the Chicago Bears will have a top three pick by the time the NFL draft happens next year. Uh, tell me I'm wrong and tell me what you saw in that game and how can we correct it? What are we going to that, do? That's straight facts if, if they can't correct this defense because I think that's the that's the most disappointing uh, part of, of everything for me, right? Because Shocking. we know the offense, we know the offense is, is, you know, Justin Fields trying to get confidence. They don't have the weapons. We don't have the O-line yet. Uh, we do have a pretty good running game. I'm okay with, with with what happened on you know Sunday. Yeah, we got to fix a couple things offensively, but defensively, that's the most glaring thing at me because you knew in this game, right? If you just stop the run, you could load up the box potentially because Daniel Jones, in my opinion, has been struggling. Like he can't, he cannot really beat you. They didn't have the weapons. Sterling Shepard was out, and then all you had to do was stop the run. And then what happened the first play of the game? Saquon goes for twenty something yards. Our, our nose tackle, Pennell, is eight yards down the field getting pancaked into the linebacker. Huge uh, gap from <laughs> 15 yards from A to B gap out there. Like, anybody can run through that, right? That's, yeah. that's something that's been happening all season. So I'm just like this. They didn't make any adjustments, right, off the boot play where he scored twice. Same exact play. No adjustments at all. How many in a row did they run, Corey? Seriously. I mean, left, exactly. right, didn't matter. Guys had their heads turned. It was crazy. What did the, what did Lovey and the Texans do to us? They ran somebody right at the boot, right? And what did they do in that game? The Texans got a sack 
and they force some errant throws by Justin Fields, right? Adjustments. That's usually what a, a good coach does. And I just didn't understand that, especially after halftime, you know, come out and do the same thing. Tyrod Taylor does the same thing when he's in there, when Daniel Jones goes out. So it's like the adjustments weren't being made. And yeah. now I'm starting to can question I, can things. I, yeah, can I ask you a quick question about that? It, you're, as a former defensive player, former defensive end, and, you know, defensive line, front seven, big issue right now. What what is that difference between thinking too much and then playing free? I know that we're they have a disciplined defense, the yeah. hits principle, Eberflus. Are these guys trying to overthink the spots that they need to be in, and they're not playing free? Is it execution? Is it is it physical, mental? What is going on right now on the Bears defense? Well, I, th I think a lot of a lot of the time they really don't understand what they're supposed to do, and I think that's mm -hmm. evident, right? You, th those two scrambles by uh, Daniel Jones, right, Brisker was kind of in between if he was in coverage or not. And he had the edge of the defense on that, right? His yeah. job was contained. And that's two times where he was kind of covering no one. So they're, they're, they don't know exactly what they're doing. And then a lot of times stopping the run, right? I think it comes down to the, the front four, especially, especially in this Tampa 2 defense. Something I played in under Lovey and Rod Marinelli. The main thing, Joey, what I look at when I see them is there's not enough penetration in the backfield, right? Because Tampa 2, right? What I loved about it was the fact that you could play freely. That, that word that you said earlier, right? As a defensive lineman, that is a defensive lineman's dream. You get to get off the ball. And they say, if they reach you, it doesn't matter because I'm penetrating, right? And yeah. I'm going to set the edge of the defense that way, right? I'm going to make my man cut back. So it doesn't matter if they run sideways. As long as I'm getting up the field, that penetration is going to kill everything, right? And I'm going to set the edge with my penetration. And I think... Looking at this defensive line, they're worried about getting reached or cut off, and they're not getting off the ball. That's that's the that's what what kills everything is the get off, and I just don't see enough of that from this front four, you know. Because at times, oh, they're in their gap, right? But the thing is, as a Tampa two, just just being in your gap is not good enough. The penetration is what kills it. You look at all the great years, right? Warren Sapp, you know, when he played for Tampa Bay under Tony Dungy in, in Lovey's defense, right? Key. That three technique, right? Henry Henry yeah. Mellon, we the played for the Bears. Tommy like Harris. Yeah. yeah, Tommy <laughs> Harris. Yeah. Those guys getting off the football, right? Because yeah. you're not worried. You're not worried about if they're reaching. You, the first thing you're thinking about is I'm going to penetrate and I'm just going to disrupt. That's the key. Disruption. There's not enough of that. And, and that's why they cannot stop the run. Because they're in their gap, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, the linebackers are trying to make a play. And, you know, it's just – it runs with that penetration. So that's what we need to see more of. And I think if we could see the more penetration, yeah, there, there's some things where, where guys have to fit in gaps, right? Like one time when Eddie Jackson came across on, on a blitz in front of uh, Morrow, right? Morrow should see him right away. And they're blocking down on Eddie Jackson. You scrape on the other side of him. And that should have been a tackle for a loss. But he misses, misses the tackle. Saquon goes for 12 yards. Stuff like that. Like they're just not playing fast. Because I think they're they're a little unsure of themselves. You know, I don't know if they're they're exactly confident, but hey, going through four weeks, you should be pretty confident, right? In the first game, you know, with flying bullets and everything, yeah, I can understand that. But you need to make adjustments and start playing faster. And that's what I don't see from this team is the flying around, is is feeding off each other. Because I feel like when I played in in, in you know 2012, especially that season, like what I noticed the most was you know, the, the front seven really work together, right? When we get off the ball, you know, Briggs, Erlacher, uh, Nick Roach really, really fed off us, right? 
they would scrape all of us and, and it would just work together. It doesn't, doesn't seem like they're working together in any aspect of the defense, especially in the pass rush as well. That's it, it's been, it's been terrible at times, right? They're, they're, they're making an inside move where a defensive tackle is not covering for them. Then they break contain over there, things like that. So if you're going to make an inside move, you tell that defensive tackle to cover for you. Right. Yeah. And the same thing when a defensive tackle, you're one-on-one -on, -one on somebody, right? You have to one-on-one, -on -one. you can't make an inside move and get washed down. You have to spin out, right? I know not everybody's going to win every rush, but you have to rush smart, right? If you make an inside move and no one's covering you and you don't get home free, you have to spin back out and set the edge of the defense. That's something they're not doing. Corey, that's great stuff, man. And you led me right into my point is from the novice, you know, the football perspective. It's, there looks like there's no trust. And you go back to the oldest cliche in the football Bible, it all starts up front. And if you don't trust your defensive line and the defensive line doesn't trust each other, that's when you see problems with contain with secondary. You know, Eddie Jackson stopping the mm -hmm. run is a smaller issue with a bigger problem wrapped around it. With You know, you see it with Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Sorry. That's not the issue is when they don't trust the defensive line, maybe everyone starts guessing. Does the coaching staff trust to make adjustments in-game, or do they wait until the second half when they can huddle everybody up and try and get everyone on yep. the same page to establish that kind of trust? And, Corey, you brought up the point, too, about the offense. Look, man, four times in the red zone, four field goals. Young offense, not a big surprise. Chicago Bears football, we've talked about that for years, right? That's mm -hmm. not the big disappointing thing. It's this defense, man, that's driving me nuts. I'm going to follow it up with this other thing. Corey, I was talking to you about it. It is fascinating, right, when you're saying – you know, where do we point the blame on this one? And you look at what general manager Ryan Poles tried to do in the offseason. He tried to go out and get Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle from a Super Bowl-playing Cincinnati Bengals team. Didn't work out, failed his physical, he's now on the Steelers. I feel like he then went for qu quantity over quality after missing out on Ogunjobi. But that seems to be a, a, a point, right, that, that Ryan Poles noticed something. And he said, I'm going to go out and get this guy because this is going to be important. When he didn't get that guy, I think we're seeing that weakness right now. Exactly. That, that's the key right now. I don't know if we have the personnel, but, you know, Rod, Rod Marinelli used to say a lot of things, right? Stopping the run. He said, I can get a guy off the street to stop the run, right? A guy that has attitude, that has determination and get off the ball. Pass rushers now are hard to find. Right. He's like, that's that's the hard to find in this league. That's why they get paid the big bucks. But he said, I can teach anybody to, to stop the run. Right. That has strength, that has a little bit of quickness. I can teach them to stop the run because a lot of that is just want to. Right. And that's half the battle out here. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm OK with maybe the, the lack of pressure at times because you can do things off that. Right. You can bring blitzes. You can run games. You can do a lot of things to help with that. Right. But when you cannot stop the run. That's how people gash you. When you talk about the, the identity of this team, what was it supposed to be? Uh, a hard-nosed defensive team, right, that stops the run. Mm -hmm. And we have not been able to do that. We're, we're, we're last right now in rush defense. 180-plus rushing yards a game. 180, it, Corey. Joey, it, it, it's absolutely awful. Like Because when, when I see, especially on some of these plays, routine plays, we're not talking about yeah. their scheming up, these crazy plays that no one has ever seen. We're yeah. talking about simple zone plays outside zone we're talking about zone reads we're talking about boots those are the simplest plays that's football one-on-one those are the first plays you get introduced to so there's no excuse for that like at this point it, it's it it's unbelievable to me that three week four weeks in a row that you come out and you cannot stop the run to save your life right so then all of a sudden you know, teams can be two-dimensional. Or they're just going to say, Mike Kafka, you know, my my boy over there said, oh, coordinate, hey, let's yeah. just keep 
keep with this boot. Let's keep with the running game, right? Let's take the pressure off Daniel Jones because they cannot stop it. So hats off to him because sometimes coordinators are like, well, I want to get his confidence up. I want to try to do this. No, it's working. Keep <laughs> rinse, using it. Rinse, repeat, rinse, yeah. repeat, Corey. And, and, man, you know, we're getting fired up here on Believe in Bears here with uh, my co-host, Corey Wooten. And, and, and there's a stat that's running around Twitter right now about how the Chicago Bears are not giving up any points in the second half, and we should be happy and we should be proud of that. Look, they have made a couple of adjustments, and they've been lucky by getting some turnovers. Eddie Jackson with three interceptions in four games. But I'll tell you this much right now. This this is what's happening, Bears fans, is in the second half, these teams know that they could run the ball down our throats. They do not believe that us offensively can pose any sort of threat. And the reason why we're not giving up a ton of points is because we're giving up, I think, to over 10 points a game in the second quarter, and they already have the lead. You know what I mean? It's 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 misleading, Corey, is what I'm trying to say right now, and it has to get better super quick. Before we move on to Bears-Vikings, empty the chamber, man. What else is on your mind maybe uh, uh, about the game and what we maybe need to do moving forward? Yeah, so so yeah, let's let's talk about the offense real quick. So I, I think the biggest thing is right. You look at that first drive, right? Really, really good first drive. Love the game plan, calling Justin Fields. You know, completed a couple passes. We had the run game going. Good mix and match, right? End up with a field goal. Then we come down the next drive, and I think that's when we had the third and two on the two yard line, right? I believe something yep, like that. That's correct. Yep. And then all Didn't of a sudden, it, yeah. yeah. And what what do we do in the third and two that absolutely? made me want to pull my hair out we run a gun run when our best personnel is 21 personnel when we have a fullback blazing game that's an absolute monster in there right you in that in that territory joey i'm thinking we have two yards right it's third down this is a two, this is a two down territory right here we are we are going for it on fourth down if we don't get it we have two plays to get two yards and i bet you my money on it if they did that 21 personnel or 22 they would have got in the end zone on that third or fourth down. I, I bet my money on that, right? Yep. So you have to do situations like that. And that's the thing, like, now I'm starting to question both of these coordinators right now, right? Luke Getze is supposed to be this evil genius. And then, and then it makes me think at the same time, right? Him, Hackett, they were riding LaFleur and Rogers' coattails, right? Like, they, they, they're kind of unproven guys. So this was kind of a gamble. And maybe they can, maybe both of them can turn things around, but especially Getsy. It was better with the game plan calling, but in that situation, right? They lost the game by eight points, right? And that could be a situation where, where it could have been a little bit tighter game. You get a touchdown there, you build a little bit more confidence. And then all of a sudden, that next drive where you get a field goal, you get a touchdown instead because the confidence is up. So I think, I think yeah. that's the key thing with him, right? It was better with the passing game. But the 21 personnel, right, well, is, is so much better. That, that's our best formation right now. And we didn't see enough of that. And, dude, and context, just really quick. Inside the 10-yard line in the red zone, the Chicago Bears have attempted two passes. That's telling you everything we, you need to know, ran, right? We ran 25, <laughs> 26 plays. I, I'm not kidding. Two pass attempts in the red zone. So yeah. what is that, Corey? I mean, is the coordinator clearly doesn't trust the quarterback yet, or he <laughs> thinks that he knows better and he's willing to protect the quarterback by continuing to run the football. But, man, where's what What does development mean if you're not throwing the ball? What does it mean? You know, why do you have Cole Komet on your team? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yeah. what is that about? And how? Yeah. I mean, it just has to change. What, what about Cole Komet? What about the back shoulder plays? What, what about, uh, you know, quick slants based Rub on routes. the formation? Yeah. Yes. Based on the formation, things like that. Like, you, I, I, I am almost okay with him potentially throwing a pick in the red zone, right? It, mm -hmm. it, as, as long as we're being aggressive, 
And, and yeah, as long as, as the throw looked like it was there and there's a great play by the DB, I am fine with that. But like you said, right, you have to shoot your shot in the passing game in the red zone. That's the only way you can score. Yes, teams usually run the ball sometimes efficiently in the red zone, but the Bears haven't done enough of that, right? They haven't done enough of that. And, you know, like you said, 19 runs and two passes, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, it's called, pre- it's is, called predictable, too. It's predictable. It, what exactly. It is, right? and, then, and then you talk about some of the runs. I guarantee at least 14 of them were out of gun. I can tell you that. You know what I mean? So if you're going to run the football, at least I'm thinking 21 personnel, right? So, so Joey, real quick with the offense. I think what well, people don't realize, right? And, uh, you know, I, I saw this on, on one of the networks. Um, I, forget, I forget what it was. But uh, ESPN, I, I believe. So Marcus Spears was talking about it. He's like, as a former defensive lineman, he's like, you know, out of out of that uh, under center, right, with a tight end, a fullback, it is so hard. And I talked about this earlier during the year. It's so hard to read and decipher if it's run or pass, right? You really don't get a jump on it, right? So it allows even, you know, they love to do boot, but why not just do just do a play action, straight up play action out of 21 personnel? Right. It, it'll slow down the rush. And you talk about to, to try to shield an old line that's struggling. Right. We made the Giants look like they had Lawrence Taylor still. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. in that 21 personnel under center I formation, it allows you to help out your offensive linemen and defensive linemen hate that because, you know, those those talented pass rushers. Right. You're, you're going against a tackle and a tight end at times. You know, you're, you're going to you're getting double teamed. It's a hard play action. They sell the run. Um, you can't get a jump on things. So I, I don't think people really realize how important that is, you know, and an advantage of, of helping out the O-line, getting Justin Fields comfortable because, hey, he's in the pocket, but the play action buys him some time and allows the plays to develop, right? It allows those reads to go through the progression. So I, I think Getsy needs to get back to that, right? Sometimes you, you're going to mix it up and go out of the gun. But I think when they're in that 21, 22 personnel, that, that's that's where I think this Justin Fields can really benefit from, right, and really open up things. And then we'll be able to take more shots down the field. Corey, this leads us perfectly into Corey's keys to a Bears victory in Week 5 versus the Minnesota Vikings. If it's cool, man, I want to throw out my key first because mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of them in this game. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I just want to rip yours through the, like a 1, 2, 3, boom, boom, boom. And hopefully we'll figure out a way to have the Bears win because this is kind of what we're talking about. My key to the game, Corey, is called throw them off the scent. All right? A lot of people know what's going on with the Bears offense right now. We need to make easy, positive plays, right? I don't know, throw a slant out there. I want to see some one-two throws from Justin Fields, all right? Uh, the the four- or five-step drop is great. We want him to have pocket presence. We want to run boots. But what about just some quick pitch-and-throw type things, some rub routes, something really quick, slant. And I want us to figure out, Corey, I, we have to start playing some more games, I think, with the linebackers that are out there. We see that every single week. We see Zedaria Smith literally sitting with a chair at the line of scrimmage, sitting down and waiting for Justin Fields, whether he's going to leave the pocket or not, and just sitting there with binoculars waiting for him to happen. We got to get them off the scent there. We got to play with maybe a little bit quicker in the middle of the field. We got to do something there to break that up in my mind. So throw them off the scent. Make this easy for Justin Fields. We are already too predictable. And I know we want to give Justin Fields a hard time about what he is, what he isn't, his accuracy, his inaccuracy so far through the first four weeks. But Mm -hmm. 
there has to be something along those lines that we have to try and set him up a little bit better to succeed. And if he doesn't succeed, we can then criticize accordingly right after that. But I'm looking at this Vikings defense real quick. They allow the fifth most fantasy football points to running backs, right? Four touchdowns in four games. So that's already going to be there. Not worried about it. They're also giving up 263 passing yards a game, okay? This is a matchup that can you can move the chains against this team, okay? So why don't you make it easy on Justin Fields and then mix in all that play action, stay with your run game, do whatever you want, take those big shots. But, man, I just want to see something. I, again, we talked about it last week. Get him in a rhythm somehow. And then when you get in that red zone, take your shots. Let Justin Fields throw the ball, and let's see what happens. Whether Nikhil Harry comes back or not is irrelevant, but throw them off the scent of what I think everyone in the NFL knows and everyone needs to look at. The Chicago Bears averaging 97 passing yards a game, which is over 55 yards less than the next worst passing team in the league. Throw them off the scent, Corey. I think that is the only way for the Bears to hopefully get a win in Week 5. Yeah, so so my first key is obviously stop the run, Joey. They, they haven't been able to do I that know. all season, right? Dalvin we're Cook at, will go for 300 <laughs> yards right we're now. We're at Matt Nagy territory. They're, they're not listening to you, Corey. And when, and when the, the Bears don't listen to you, Corey, this is when we know things can go sideways. Joey, it can go very sideways. I, I'm very nervous about this game because Dalvin Cook is an absolute monster. Yep. And you talk about the, some of these some of these gaps that uh, he he's he's got he's got ju Saquon has juice. Dalvin Cook's got got a different level. Of Justin juice. Jefferson on an end around. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you so don't keep contained. Watch out. Good 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 luck, Chuck. So so stop the run. Like I I, I don't know what it's gonna take, Joey. I I I know what it's gonna take for them to get off the football. Especially the front four is the engine that makes this defense go. And and that's what I look for every game. They're not changing the line of scrimmage. And like I said, just being in your gap, that's not good enough, right? The penetration is what kills everything. And I, I think when they start getting off the football, if they if they if they figure that out this season, right? I think everything in that rush defense will improve, right? Don't don't get on blocks. Get up the field. Set the edge that way, right? Because then the running back's going to have to cut cut back, and it's going to destroy everything, right? Then then teams are going to have to change their game plan against you, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's how you you really get things going defensively is stop the run because then you're going to be able to potentially get after the passer, right? And if the front four is not there, let's dial it up. But to win any games in this league, right, and especially against Kirk Cousins, you know. When when you stop the run against him, because the Bears have done it for years, right? I played against him, you know, when he when he played for the uh, Vikings. I played against him when he played for the Redskins. Kirk Cousins, if you stop the run and put the pressure on him, he struggles. He struggles. He, he he's, he's a different person, you know. And you look at from that first game in Green Bay, and then the following week against the Eagles, really struggled, right? It was it was the different different Kirk Cousins. Yep. So the Bears have to do that, right? If they can do that, and they've had success on Kirk Cousins. But this is a new team, new regime. It's going to take stopping the run to be able to do that. I'm right there with you, Corey. They're currently right now only 22nd in rush offense right now in the NFL. But I'm with you, man. Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, even Alexander Madison can rip us up. If Matt Brieta can rip 16, 17-yard runs against us like he did last week, then so can Alexander Madison. And keep in mind, Corey, too, as well, to your point, you know, the, the Vikings right now, they're 28th in the NFL in third down conversion. They're only converting 31% on third down. Are we going to be – are we going to take advantage of that or are we going to be the balm, the panacea to what's been ailing the Vikings on offense right now? And, dude, I just – this is the same old story again, man. They don't listen to Corey Wooten. 
if they if they could at least try and listen to Corey Wooten, they might be in a little bit of better shape. And if they don't stop the run defense, man, they're going to win some games this year. But man, they're going to be a bottom they're going to be a bottom three team if they do not stop the run. They keep playing the way that they're playing. Corey, uh, what's your second key? Corey's keys to a victory in Week Five. So offensively, keep it simple, stupid. Like Tiger Woods, right? Thank like you. he used to say that all the time, right? The yes. thing is, do what's working, right? 21, 22 personnel. Let's get the running game going. Let's work the play action after. It doesn't have to be boots, but let's work the play action out of the I formation. Talk about trying to shield this offensive line, get Justin Fields some confidence. I think everything will open up when we can do that, right? I, there's a time and a place for the, for the gun stuff, but just as, as far as trying to protect you know, the limited weapons that we have and accentuate that running game, 21-22 personnel. So I think that's what it comes down to for Getze. You look at the plays that the Bears have had great success. It's out of those formations, right? So keep it simple, stupid. Don't try to do anything crazy. Don't try to overcomplicate things. Don't try to be this genius. Cole Komet screen pass? Cole Komet <laughs> screen pass? Do we like that? <laughs> no, I don't like that. But, you know, take what the defense is giving you. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you if, if they if they stick with that personnel, I, they will have great success in this game. Right. But it's about Luke Getze. You know, everyone Darnell Mooney saying he's going to be gone in two years because he's such a genius. Right. I really haven't seen much of that. Right. Maybe it's <laughs> well, maybe it's hiding somewhere. He could be gone in two years, Corey. But for, different yeah, for reasons. other reasons. <laughs> but yeah. So. Yeah, we'll, so we'll I'm, we'll I'm, I'm just, yeah. So I'm just I'm just saying. Right. He's supposed yeah. to be a genius that, that everyone believes in and. and everything like that, but it comes down to, hey, how are you going to game plan for a team that has has a struggling O-line, right, where your, where your greatest strength is the run game? Let's work the play action off that. That's going to be Justin Fields' best friend. It's going to keep him clean because you don't want him taking some of those hits he did last game. He made They made the Giants look like killers, and they had three sacks before that game, right? Three sacks coming in that game in three weeks. So that's telling you everything you need to know. Keep the O-line you know, keep Justin Fields clean in this game. So keep it simple, stupid, like like Tiger Woods said. All right. Yeah. That yeah, no, there wasn't uh Tuck and Strahan and JPP out there uh, oh. last week. And you know, Corey, or Matthias Kiwanuka, you know. Yeah, thank you. Know. you. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of his name and I was like, I'm not gonna mispronounce that. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Justin Tuck and keep it super simple yep. and stupid. Uh, but no, dude, you're bringing up a really interesting point too as well, and this kind of struck in my brain is if you remember you go back to Luke Getze's press conference, uh, you know. What are we going to do with the offense? What kind of offense do you like to run, Luke Etsy? And he goes, you know what? What we're going to do, we're going to build this thing together. It's going to be a collaboration, and we're going to do this together. And honestly, to this point right now, I'm not really seeing that in particular. You know, I don't see the calls that Justin Fields probably wants to run or likes to run. I don't see him getting into an opportunity to have any rhythm. Um, and they just seem to be kind of bailing and saying, you know what? Run, 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 run. Even in the even in the stubborn moments when we should be maybe trusting some different exactly. kinds of calls, and as you said, keep it simple and just try and play fundamentally sound and try and let Justin's athletic ability come out, man. Uh, Corey, final key: Corey's yep. keys to a Bears win versus the Vikings in Week Five. Lay it on me. Cap capitalize in the red zone, right? Thank you. In situations like that, right? If you're in the red zone four times, let's score touchdowns at least two of them, right? Yes. We 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 have to score touchdowns in this game. Right, it would have been a different ball game if Justin Fields and company could have could have you one know, of completed them. on just on one of those. Right, then we're talking about potentially a tie game or you know whatever the case would be if we had to go for two or not. Um, but be be able to capitalize in that red zone, and I think it starts 
with working that play action pass, right? That's going to be his best friend. And and Cole Komet, you know, maybe he can get open and and utilize his, his big body in that situation. I told you, teams, a quarterback's best friend in the red zone is its big tight end, right? It doesn't have to be a burner. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Cole Komet, you know, can use his body, box out a little bit, throw it up where only he can get it. You know, let's work that back shoulder play on 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 the pylon. That's that's a really good play there. Throw it where only your guy can get it. But we have to take shots based on formations, quick slants, things of that nature. Get those get those matchups in those situations that you want, right? Picking picking on a different corner that's kind of been exposed in certain games. Getsy, let's see your best game, right? Because this is a critical mm-hmm. point in the season, right? And and I I told you, right? The the, the Vikings they're coming off playing in London, right? The jet lag is a real factor, right? People are maybe not buying as much as, as they want into it, but playing up, playing overseas in that London game, man, it's, it's tough coming back, you know, uh, time difference, you're sleeping funny hours and you know, it's, it's just a lot on your body. And I think people don't realize that. So this is a, this is an opportunity where you can catch them where, where they, they might be a little down this week. So yeah. let, let's see, let's see, gets his best performance out there. And uh, yeah, just capitalizing the red zone. Yeah, if I can throw a quick key out there real quick because you got me thinking about it. Just in terms of the coaching staff in general, just you know, go out there and coach like you really want this game. This is a division game against the Minnesota Vikings on the road in Minnesota. You're coming off your 2-2 two and two right now. You lose this game, season goes in a different direction, all right? So, Eberflus, obviously, use your timeouts wisely, right? Get everyone on board when we have to look at something maybe and throw a challenge flag. Get on it right away. Have some good operation there. At the end of it, you know, if you're going to take the timeouts and what was it, at the end of the game, they ended up punting it. And we ended up getting the ball back, but Bayless Jones fumbled. You know, go for it on fourth down. You're saying it yourself. Getsy, show us, coach the game like you really want this game. And that takes a little bit of some aggression in there. Uh, Corey, uh, it's time, man. We're 3-1 and one with our picks this season. It is time to make our pick. I will let you uh, – would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? What do you want to do? Uh, I'd like you to go first. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll go first. Uh, Corey, we're losing this game, Corey. Until proven otherwise, uh, the Chicago Bears team right now seems a little disjointed. And let's be honest, they have no uh, margin for error in terms of the talent that's particularly on this roster right now. Um, I do not trust this run defense at all because I'm saying to myself, you know, you can play poorly, you can play in discipline, but where does it come from? That's my big question right now. Is it coming from Justin Jones? Who's the player that's going to stand there and actually get that penetration that you're talking about? I personally don't see it right now. Justin Jefferson's going to be the best player on the field. So, man, I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm thinking like 30 to 13 Vikings until otherwise. And look, the Bears are going to win some games this year. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I'm saying this week right now, the Bears are not equipped and ready to win a game, especially in Minnesota right now. I have a feeling this is one of those moments where they might get their heads beat in a little bit. And uh, I'm worried about this game. I think Vikings win 30 to 13. That's what I'm saying. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Sorry. I'm going in the same same direction as well. And uh like like Bubba Sparks, remember the rapper? <laughs> it's getting ugly <laughs> in here, y'all. <laughs> um I've heard that yeah, a long no. time. <laughs> it's uh I have my 34-17 Vikings, right? Yep. I think this is a game because defensively we cannot stop the run. Uh Justin Jefferson being being arguably one of the best receivers in the league mm-hmm. and him maybe trying to match up against Gordon. Um, you know, even with help. <laughs> guy's an absolute monster. Yep. Um, but yeah, you can't do anything in this league, Joey, if you can't stop stop the run. So as simple as that. Like if, if they can prove it, hey, I hope they prove us wrong, right? But oh, right yeah, now, they- what we've seen through four weeks has not been pretty. 
Yeah, no, they. Uh, it, that's the problem right now. Is Corey? They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, no. right? Well, there are players on on the defensive side of the football that say, you know what, this guy hasn't been playing outside of maybe a Robert Quinn and Eddie yeah. Jackson and Roquan Smith. The rest of the guys, they're young. They got to prove themselves. There's exactly. really no one else on that defense that is, you know, that's going to say, screw this, I'm going to play a lot better. It just isn't there. The benefit of the doubt is not earned right now. Am I going to possibly, even if they get the crap kicked out of them by the Vikings, maybe pick them to beat the commanders the following week. I just might do that. We'll see what happens. It's going to take a couple of pick sixes by Kirk cousins, a special team score, something along those lines. And, and, and if they play well, if they, if they can put together a good first half, because first Mm -hmm. halves have been a huge struggle offensively and defensively for the bears, they can hang in this game. But at the end of the day, I don't see it right now. I just don't. I think these are growing pains. Bumps in the road, and uh, we're both picking the Bears to lose and the Vikings to cover the spread. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough one, Joey. But um, hey, may, maybe they'll make some some great adjustments this week. You know, there, there's always for hoping that. Um, you know, but like I told you, the, the main the main adjustment for defense to stopping the run is Tampa too is getting off the football, right? And and I think uh, arguably uh, Robert Quinn he does a pretty good job of that, but. For the most part, nobody else is really getting off the football um, until they can do that. This this system doesn't work. It doesn't, you know. So, yeah. you know, it's for, for the for the listeners out there this week when you're watching the game, watch the defensive line. Right. And w- what I'm talking about, guys, is is when they take on blocks. Right. And it looks like they're, they're just stalemating at the line of scrimmage. That's not what you want right there. Right. I want penetration as soon as the ball gets off and somebody reaches them, they're in the backfield two, three, four yards. And that, when they can get to that point, that's when this defense will be rocking, right? It takes time sometimes in the system, and I don't think guys are really trusting it. But that's what I want all the, all the, the viewers, listeners that are, that are watching this, is look at that defensive line. Look at the line of scrimmage, right, offensively and defensively, because that will tell you everything you need to know. You know, when I look at the games, you know, um, you know especially, especially in that second half, um, you know, and, and with Houston, right? Those those offensive linemen, you know, for the Bears, they're, they're driving they're driving the Houston Texans back, right? Yeah. Setting the line of scrimmage, right? You know, and at times in the second half of that San Francisco game, Nick Bosa and them were tired, right? They're driving them back. So creating that line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively, that's what I that's what we need to see for things to change, right? Offensively, they've done a pretty good job in the running game, but defensively, just just hasn't been up to par. So that's, that's what I'm watching every game and hopefully things will change this week, but we're, we're not betting. <laughs> I just, I just not need to yet. see it first. Not yet. Not yet, man. And, and you know, when people go Google Gaga over Roquan Smith, having 18 tackles, you got to say to yourself, six or seven of those probably should have happened to the line of scrimmage. If the defensive exactly. line was playing well, right. I mean, we got to kind of can't true. read into the numbers too much there. Uh, this was believe in bears with Joey Christopoulos and my co-host, Former Bears defensive end, CHGO's very own Fox 32 Northwestern Wildcat, Corey Wooten, his very self. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in on YouTube. Comment and question below. Thank you so much for listening to us on Sirius XM. Uh, hopefully the Bears win. We'll be back a little bit early next week because the Bears got a Thursday night game against the Commanders to break that down. Hopefully talking about a Bears win and us shaking our heads and saying, boy, were we wrong. Those Chicago Bears beat the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings, but I'm not so sure this week. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. 100% 
welcome bonus when you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v that is a Corey wooten special right there he called the front office and he said 50 percent isn't enough Corey wooten wants 100 percent, and now 100. we're doing it i want 100 <laughs> put them down stack them nice and crisp for me uh cory man great to see you dude everyone be well be safe please be good to each other Corey man take us home uh, on a great pod hopefully a, not yeah. an ugly weekend in week five but we're still gonna bear down Either either way, I, I hope there's some improvements uh, on both sides of the football, right? We have to take the positives. I think we everybody had high expectations, and myself included, right? I, I think when, when, when everything's going on and, and you see how things are developing, you see how they look in preseason, you have to pump the brakes a little bit. Remember, that is preseason. You know, as a, as a former player, too, you know, forget, like, hey, you know, preseason gives you a chance. When everything's live and the bullets are flying, it's a different ball game. Right. Yeah. Those guys yeah. in the preseason, right? They they were saving their energy for for you know week one and the rest of the season. So we just have to remember that that this truly was a rebuilding season. You know, I, I had high hopes. I, I think my hopes were higher than yours, but have to remember that this is a rebuilding season. I don't care about the rebuild. That's that I don't care about that. But simple things like run defense, that's non negotiable for me, right? Non negotiable. The play calling with Getsy, non negotiable. Those two things are the things that really irk me right now. They can irk you and a lot of a lot of the football fans, especially Bears fans out there. So we need to see improvement in those two areas, right? And if the defense doesn't get better, Eberflus, you take the play calling duties for the time being. Because mm. that oh. that's on you, right? We're running your defense. Yes. And even though Alan Williams has the has the title and, and he's calling the plays, this is reflecting on you, right? Yeah. Offense, not so much. That's on Getsy, right? But if it gets to a situation, Eberflus. You might, you might have to take that play call sheet, right, and and, pl- and call the plays, right, because we have to get things figured out in a hurry or else this is going to be a long season, and I don't think anybody wants that. I just want to see growth. I want to see improvement in those two areas especially, the play calling offensively and defensively stopping the run. Everything else, we can work off that. Stopping the run, play calling. So let's see it this week. Hopefully, like you said, we're breaking down a, a podcast with a lot of positives, and, hey, it would be great for them to have a win. But either way, I'm just looking to see improvement in those two areas. Yeah, we lay out the blueprint and we just say to ourselves, are they going to do it or not? We just kind of lay out the, exactly. the pathway to a possible victory. And, Corey, I try and cover as much sports, Chicago sports media as I can. You might be the first person to say that about Ibraflus, man. And, and I like it, and I think it might be time to really consider it too as well because you're talking about foundational pieces moving forward. We want to talk about Justin Fields and cap money and, and draft picks and all that kinds of stuff. But your D-line – your offensive coordinator, and whether your head coach is the right man for the job installing his philosophy of defense going back to the Tampa 2, it doesn't look like the Tampa 2 right now. So, yeah, man, accountability is accountability. I love that you're calling it out there like that, man. Everyone, thank you so much for checking out this pod. Uh, Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. As I said earlier, we'll see you next week. Bear down. Bear down. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.